Heavenly Father, we recognise that the earth is filled with your love. And so we ask that you in your love would send your Holy Spirit to us now to teach us your ways and so that we would honour you and glorify you as we should. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we continue looking at the words uh, about the Lord Jesus given in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, We've seen his uh, baptism, we've seen his beginning, his earthly ministry, and that's what we saw last time uh, after his time of temptation in the desert. Uh, We saw that he started to go out and preach the gospel. In verse 17 of Matthew 4, we saw that he proclaims, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And this morning we're going to see another part of his ministry, which was calling some apostles, some disciples to him, to train them uh, to also be preachers themselves. Who does the Lord Jesus call in the passage that we're looking at to be his apostles? Well, firstly, we see him by the Sea of Galilee calling Simon Peter Uh, and Andrew, his brother. Verse 18 of Matthew chapter 4 says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. But it's not just Simon Peter and Andrew that are called to be disciples of the Lord Jesus. Who else do we see in this passage? Well, we also see James and John in verse 21 and 22. Sons of Zebedee were also fishermen, and we see that in verse 21. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so we see these men becoming disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is it that Jesus will make them into? Well, he tells us in this passage before us that he will make them fishers of men instead of fishermen of fish. We see that in verse 19. Verse 19 of Matthew chapter 4, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. What does it mean to be a fisher of men? Well, I think this is a God-given illustration for us to understand what it means to be evangelists to be ones who share the good news of Jesus Christ so that others are saved as we have been saved. What is the world like? Well, the world is like a sea, a sea of men who are swimming about in it. And what sort of sea is it? Well, it's actually a toxic sea, a sea that you could say is filled with sewerage and chemicals. And what does that then mean for the fish that swim in such a toxic sea? Well, it means that there is a sea that is dangerous, a sea that is full of suffering and pain and death. And why is this the case? Why would we say that this world is a toxic sea? Well, it's because it's a sea of rebellion and sin, rebellion against God himself. And then, of course, because God is a holy God, God is a just God, he's a righteous God, when he sees people who are sinful, then he brings suffering and pain and death upon them. Just as God has ordained that toxins will kill fish, he has ordained that sinful creatures will die. And so what has God then done? As a result of this world where people are living in a land of toxicity, of sin, a sea of sin, so to speak, well, he has seen the human race in their sinfulness and in the danger of death and suffering And he has prepared a clean sea, 
with fresh water, without toxic sin, without evil, without suffering and pain and death. And what is that place? Well, it's heaven. It's the paradise that is spoken of in Scripture. It is like the water that is spoken of in Ezekiel chapter 47, which Tade read for us before, this water that flows from the temple of God. And we read in chapter 47, verse 9, that where that water meets the sea, it says there will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Wonderful picture of heaven as this sea that is clean and fresh and thriving with life rather than thriving with death as we see in this world. And so what has God done? He has made this heaven, but he's also made fishermen. He has made fishermen who go out into the toxic sea of this world and catch the fish, catch human beings for this sea of heaven. And how does he do this? Well, it's by the preaching of the gospel. As his people go out, his disciples go out and preach about Christ's death for sinners, it is as though they're casting nets and catching people for Christ, captivating people for Christ. As they tell fish to repent and trust in Christ Jesus, they are being caught for him. And some of them are. And what happens to them as they're caught in the net, they're washed of all the toxins, they're washed of the sewage that they've been swimming in, the sinfulness, and they're washed in Christ's blood. As his work at the cross, his atoning work, washes over them, they're washed clean in the blood of Christ Jesus. And then they're transferred. They're in the process of being transferred, as some of them are now, but one day they will be transferred from the deathly sea to live in the clean sea of heaven. And what will happen in heaven? Well, they'll live happily there. They'll swim happily there forever, swimming in the fresh waters of heaven with joy. So what are the fishers of men, the followers of Christ, to do while we live in this world? Well, we're to work. We're to work. That is what it means to be a follower of Christ. We're meant to follow him and live according to his ways. And he promises that he will make all followers fishers of men. But how are we to do that work? If we are Christians, if we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're his disciples today, how are we to work? How are we to fish? Well, I've come up with four different things that we can do. We can learn from this illustration of fishers of men uh, that are principles that we see in the scriptures again and again as to how we are to work as fishers of men. And the first way that we are to work is to work courageously. To work courageously. Why? Well, there's great danger in fishing. In fishing for fish, there is great danger. Fishermen often die. Maybe not so much today with modern shipping methods, but in the past, drowning was a regular occurrence for those who are fishermen. As they go out in boats and storms would come, whole boats could go down of fishermen. Or fishermen could be swept off a boat with a wave and end up in the sea and be drowned. Or they can even be swept off rocks. They can be swept off at the seashore and swept into the sea and drowned. And it's the same for fishers of men. There is great danger for fishers of men. Telling people to repent and believe in Christ Jesus comes with its dangers. There are many examples of pain and death in church history for fishers of men. Even the apostles here. The tradition is that Peter, this person we see in Matthew chapter 4, he was put to death for being a fisher of men. And Andrew, his brother, tradition says he also was put to death for being 
a fisher of men. James, son of Zebedee, we see in Acts, he was beheaded for being a fisher of men. John, we do not think he was martyred for the faith, but he definitely suffered. He was even placed in exile at one point for being a fisher of men. And there are people even today on death row in jail cells. And what is their crime? Being a fisher of men. Now, thankfully, here in Australia, I do not know of anyone that is on death row for being a fisher of men. But nevertheless, there are great dangers in telling people to repent and believe here in Australia. Reputations can be lost. Jobs could be lost. Friendships broken as a result of telling people to repent and trust in Jesus. As you cast that net of the gospel, there are dangers that come. And so we need to fish courageously because there are dangers in being fishers of men. How else are we supposed to work as fishers of men? Well, how else do fishermen work? They work skillfully. They work skillfully. Fish are fearful creatures and don't want to be caught. Particularly when you're trying to catch a fish alive, it requires great skill. You do not want to kill the fish, you want to catch the fish alive. And it doesn't matter if a fisherman has good intentions for the fish, the fish are swimming in a toxic environment and the fisherman wants to rescue the fish, the fish still wants to swim away and not be rescued. Why? Because fish are scared of the unknown. They prefer the toxic sea to the unknown of being caught and placed somewhere else. And it's the same with sinful human beings, those who are outside of Christ Jesus, the fish of the world. Humans do not want to be caught for heaven. We may have good intentions of telling them to repent and trust in Christ Jesus, but they do not want to be caught. They will swim away from those with good intentions. Why? They're scared of the unknown. They prefer the toxic sea of the world. They even like the toxins sometimes. They may get high on them, so to speak. The sin of this world, they delight in it in some sense, even though it is killing them. And so they swim away. They do not want to know what it is to follow Christ and to live in his heaven. And so what must the skillful fisherman do? Well, if he is a skillful fisherman, he'll choose the right tools, particularly if he's trying to catch fish alive. That means he has to reject certain methods of fishing, doesn't he? As we go out into the world and tell people about Jesus Christ, there's lots of ways that we can do it. But there are certain ways that we should reject, just like fishermen who want to catch a fish alive will reject certain ways. What's one way? Well, it's hooks. Using bait and switch methods actually can really hurt the fish. I went fishing once with Boys Brigade. That's the only time I've been fishing in my life when I was a child. And I cast out my line as I was taught and, and the hook was there and the bait was on it. And my fish, it swallowed the bait and hook all the way down to the stomach. So to get the hook back, you had to, the, the Boys Brigade captain, he, he basically pulled the whole fish apart to get the hook out. Um, instantly, the fish was dead as a result. And uh, those of us who were clever enough, you know, would we say skillful enough? Well, I don't think I really showed that much skill that time. Fortunate, blessed enough to catch a fish. Uh, we were eating them later the next day for lunch. And I felt so sorry for my fish um, because of what had happened. The damage that had been done by this hook and the death that had been brought upon it. It was swimming out there, I thought, quite happy and content until my hook. It thought it was getting something yummy to eat and it ended up dying as a result. And we have to be the same when we fish for the men of this world, for humans in this world, for men and women. We have to be careful about the bait and switch method. How can we use hooks in evangelism? 
Well, it's by baiting the good news about Jesus Christ with other things, trying to attract people to Christ with other things. Uh, we had a Mexican family at our church at one point, and uh, the father told me about back in Mexico that there was a church there that everybody who came to church on a Sunday morning was offered a chicken. If you came to church, you could get a chicken, and you could go home and cook it for your lunch. Uh, that was standard with the church. But what are you doing then? You're really getting people who are there for chickens, not for Christ. And if someone is there for chicken and not Christ, are they saved? No, they're not. If they're only there for a chicken and not for Christ, then they, <laughs> they are not going to be swimming in the heavenly sea that is full of fresh water. They will be swimming in the sea of this world and then transferred one day to the, the depths of hell. And so we have to be careful about trying to attract people because of things other than Christ. Hooks with bait on them will damage people, not save people. What's another method that we may have to reject that fishermen may use? It's dynamite. Why? Fishing with dynamite mutilates the fish at best or, of course, kills the fish. I've heard of people fishing with explosives and it does not do any good for the fish. If you're trying to catch a fish alive, you do not use dynamite. And it's the same with fishes of men. We can use dynamite. How? Well, it's by threatening people. We can have a baiting method where we're attracting them with something positive, but we can also threaten people. And it has happened in history where people have been threatened with great harm if they will not convert to Christianity. There are times in history where huge numbers of people were baptised or they would die. Awful people were doing things in the name of Christ and forcing conversions upon people. That is not how Christ operates. That is not how a fisher of men operates. He is not one who threatens and wounds. He is one who woos people. And that is how we are to fish. How we fish skillfully? Well, we reject certain methods, but we embrace other methods. And what is that? Well, what were Peter, James and John doing? They were using nets. And nets are a way that we can use, that we can think about the way that we share the gospel. We need to have skill to choose different types of nets. And we can use them in ways that will catch the fish of this world, fishermen. What are the different types of nets that a fisherman might have to use? He has to consider the types of mesh size. The, so some fish will get through certain mesh, some will not. He has to consider the material that he's using, whether it will hurt the fish. He has to consider whether he'll use long poles, shorter poles, if he's on the edge of the water, or sinkers, if he throws it out into the lake, so the sinkers close down over the nets and maybe use boats to trawl the nets through the water. And it's the same with us. If we are to be fishers of men, we have to consider the different nets that we use. As we tell people to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, it's not a case of one size fits all. Why? Because people are different. Just as a fisherman has to choose different nets because different fish are out there, we have to do the same. What do we have to do? We have to assess each person that we're dealing with and use different scriptures, different arguments, different books, different ways to tell them essentially the same thing that they need to repent of their sins and trust in Christ Jesus. 
And so we need to be skillful in the way that we throw our nets out and what nets we use. And that is, of course, what I'm going to speak about next, is how we throw our nets. We can learn from fishermen as to how we catch fishes and we catch men by the way that they cast nets. They cast nets in different ways. And they really try to minimise. A fisherman tries to minimise, from what I understand, as I said, I have only fished once in my life. From what I understand, they try to minimise themselves in the process of catching the fish. What do I mean? Well, they try not to make too much noise. They try not to present themselves too much. They try to present mainly the net. Otherwise, what happens? The fish will swim away. And it's the same for us as we fish for men of this world. As we try to help people to enter into eternal life, we have to be very careful that we do not involve our offensive selves too much in the process and obscure Christ. Because what will happen? Fish will swim away. If we are speaking the truth not in love, in an unkind and offensive manner, if we Bible bash people and are all about ourselves and our pride, then fish will swim away. People will swim away. And they'll swim away from other fishermen as well. We actually damage, just as a, a fisherman who comes and is, is, presents too much of himself near the water's edge, the fish will swim away, not just from him, but from all of the other fishermen. And that has sadly happened so often in church history, where someone in the name of Christ has presented so much of themselves that then people will go nowhere near anyone who identifies himself as a Christian and do not have ears to listen about the riches found in Christ. So what are we to do as fishermen? We're to fish courageously because there are great dangers. We're to fish skillfully, choosing our ways, rejecting certain ways. What else must we do if we are fishers of men? Well, we must work patiently. Why? Well, fishermen of fish work night and day in all kinds of weather, patiently waiting and watching for the right conditions in order to catch their fish. Why? Because fish won't be caught under many conditions. There are certain times that are perfect for catching fish, and a good fisherman is patient and waits for such conditions. And it's the same for fishers of men. A lot of the time, conditions aren't right for catching someone for Christ. And it's a waste of time to try. And impatience can even make the work harder. It scares off the fish if we come to them when the conditions are not right. And it scares them off from other fishermen as well. So what does a patient fisherman do? Well, he waits and he looks and he assesses the conditions and then he throws his net at the right time so that he can make a catch and get someone for Christ. So fishermen are meant to work courageously, skillfully, patiently, and fourthly, I think they're meant to work laboriously. Why? Well, a fisherman of fish can be courageous, he can be skillful and patient, but he can still catch nothing. It's not easy work, but he continues at his work, and it's the same for fishers of men. We can evangelise all night under the right conditions and still catch nothing. Throwing our nets skillfully, but still catch nothing. And so what do we need to do? We need to be laborious at it. We need to work hard at it. We don't give up. We keep on fishing for people so that they can have the eternal life that is available. And sometimes we need to just spend some time mending our nets. What do I mean? Well, we see here that uh, they were mending their nets, the fishermen in the Gospels. We need to mend our nets. What we often feel after we've tried to evangelise someone, we said some things that we shouldn't have said, and we didn't say some things that we should have said, 
and we feel bad about it. And we've damaged the net that was out there. And so what am I speaking about? I think we can say that we mend our nets by prayer. I often am praying, oh, Lord, help that person forget that I said that thing to them. And may they remember that instead is the only memory that they have of the conversation. And I'm sure you've been in a similar position. It's called mending your net. Your net was damaged at that point, and it actually caused some harm to the fish, maybe. No, you mend it with prayer. And thankfully, it can happen, that people have no recollection. I've said to people, I've apologised to people for things, and they said, did you say that? And it's just wonderful. But then you feel bad that you actually brought it up because you, know, you put it in their mind again. Uh, and then you have to mend that with prayer. But I think we understand the concept that there is this laboriousness to fishing, to fishing for men that fishermen of fish know all too well. So then it sounds painful. I've got four things there as to how we are to be fishers of men if we follow Christ. It sounds rather painful to do this. We've got to be uh, courageous. There are great dangers. We've got to be skillful at the way that we fish. We've got to be patient. We've got to be laborious. Uh, we've got to recognise all these things. So why would we bother fishing for men? Why would we bother going out and telling people about Jesus Christ? If we could even be hurt for it, why would we do it? Well, it's because God has called us, Christ has called us to fish. And so what makes a good servant? Working as ordered. If we're good fishermen, what do we do? We fish. Why? Because we want to honour the master. Even if we don't catch much, we want to work hard for his kingdom. So, of course, we will fish because he has called us to do so and we want to honour him. But why else would we fish? Well, it's because we can actually catch fish. We can actually catch people and have them transferred to the fresh, clean waters of heaven. Maybe you think you're not courageous, you're not skillful, you're not patient, and you're not persevering enough. And so you can't catch anything. So you'll be called a fisher of men, but you won't really do much fishing. Well, what can we learn from fishermen of fish? We can learn that incompetent fishermen can still catch fish. A child can catch a fish who knows very little of what he is doing. And I have been that child. Children are encouraged to fish, even though they have very little experience of it. My son at school, he has his music teacher this year, calls the role on Monday mornings and says to everyone after they've answered that they were there, he said, did you go fishing this weekend? Did you go fishing last weekend? Did you go fishing? Did you go fishing? As he goes around the room. And some kids will say, yes, I did, sir. He said, did you catch anything? Tell us about what you caught. Obviously, this teacher loves fishing, but he also knows that children can fish and can be encouraged to fish and therefore go fishing. Even a child can catch a fish. There are, of course, professional fishermen. But what are most fishermen in the world? They are recreational fishermen. When do they fish? Well, they fish between their work and other commitments and they keep an eye on the conditions. If the conditions are right and they have the time, what do they do? They get out their net and they go fishing. And it's the same for fishers of men. Christ fishers of men. How so? Well, some will leave, of course, their occupations, their assets, their family, like Andrew and, and Peter and James and John, as we see here in the Gospel. They will become professional fishermen. They'll become full-time fishermen. And some will do that. I am someone who has done that. And you may feel somewhat that you are called, you're at least considering the idea of being a full-time fisherman. 
fisher of men. And if that is the case, well, then you might want to talk to me afterwards about that. But you don't need to graduate, graduate Bible college to fish for men. Who did Jesus use? He used fishermen to be fishers of men. Not graduates of Bible college, of the synagogue, or people who'd spent long hours at the temple memorising the Torah. No, he called fishermen to be his fishers of men. And it's the same for us today. You can be a fisher of men as well. And if you are a follower of Christ, he will make you a fisher of men. And you can actually catch fish. When the conditions are right, you can throw out your net if you have the time and catch someone for Christ and have them transferred to that heavenly home one day. But how is that possible? How is it possible for even a child to catch a man? Well, all that is needed for fishing for men is provided by the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ makes fishes of men and he provides all that we need. Christ has provided the nets that we use. A child can cast the gospel. A child can tell someone to repent and believe in Christ Jesus. You can use the Bible that Christ has given. He's given the gospel, he's given the Bible, he's given arguments, he's given books about the Bible, he's given his atoning blood that will wash the toxins from that fish. He has given all that you need. He has provided the nets that you need and he's provided the clean sea. You do not have to provide the sea. He's provided the place to transfer the fish to, to swim for all eternity and he's also provided help for us. Whenever we fish for men, we never fish alone. How so? Jesus is always there by the Holy Spirit fishing with us. He's there fishing with us, guiding us as we cast the net out into the waters of this world. And often he provides brothers and sisters in Christ, the body of Christ. Christ is there with his people to help haul in the nets and to help drag in the fish to home. He provides help for us. He provides the nets, he provides the clean sea, and he provides help. And so even a child can fish for men, and you can too if you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why do we fish? We fish to honour him. We fish because we can. And I say we also fish because there is joy in fishing for men. If there is joy in catching fish alive from a toxic sea and transferring them into a clean sea, isn't there far greater joy for us to catch a soul from the toxic sea of this world and see it transferred to the heavenly sea for all of eternity. Is there a greater joy in this world than sharing the gospel with someone and seeing them captivated for Christ, caught for Christ? It's a wonderful experience. It's part of the reason I'm a pastor of a church. I love to see people saved, to save from sin, from death, from suffering for all eternity not just from this world, but for all of eternity in hell, the suffering that is there, and transferred to heaven. So, if you are a follower of Christ, are you fulfilling your role as a fisher of men? Courageously, skillfully, patiently, laboriously, and joyfully. If you're a follower of a Christ, he will make you a fisher of men. The commission is for everyone to be fishers of men. Christ didn't save you to sit around with a nice title and do nothing. He saved you so that you could help save others from sin 
and death. If you never fish for men, if you never share the gospel, if you never encourage anyone to repent and trust in Christ Jesus, you have to start questioning whether you are a follower of Christ. Because he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you're a follower of Christ, he will make you a fisher of men. And if you're not fishing for men, then you have to question if you are a follower of Christ. Christ will keep his word. If you are following him, he will make you a fisher of men. And so if you are questioning because of your lack of evangelism, the lack of your sharing of the gospel with others, even if you're not catching many fish, you should be throwing the net out there. If you find that you're not doing that, you should be going back to basics and asking yourself whether you really are repentant of your sins, whether you really do trust in Christ Jesus, whether you really have been caught for Christ yourself. And then, if you do repent of your sins and trust in him, ask him for help so that you would joyfully fish for men for his honour. But if you are someone who is swimming in this toxic sea, if you are someone who is still outside of Christ Jesus, do you realise what you are doing? Are you afraid of what it would mean to be caught for Christ? You're so used to this world and the way that you live that you're afraid of any other alternative. I encourage you, don't be afraid. Be willing to swim into the net and get a better home, a fresh sea, without sin, without suffering, without death for all eternity. Christ has paid for the fishermen who have spoken to you about Christ Jesus. Christ has paid for the clean water of heaven. Everything has been provided so that you can be free. Christ's blood will cleanse you from the toxins of sin that are in your gills and in your scales. He will wipe them all away. I encourage you, repent and believe. Be captivated by Christ and have life. Have eternal life now and all the joys of heaven can be yours one day. I know you may be scared of life outside the sewer, but it's far better, I can testify to it. It's far better, and many in this room can testify to it, that it's far better to know God, to know God and rejoice in him than to live in the ways of this world. Let us come to him in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your love in sending Jesus Christ to save sinful men by his death at the cross. Oh Lord, we thank you for saving us from sin and then making us fishers of men to help save others. Oh Lord, though, we ask that you would forgive us for shrinking back from fishing as we should. Help us by the Holy Spirit in the future to fish for men courageously, skillfully, patiently and laboriously for your honour and for our joy. And Lord, if there is anyone here who is not headed to heaven, oh Lord, we pray that you would grant them repentance now so that they are saved and will swim in heaven for all of eternity in the fresh and clean water. And we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.